Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of What's Good. Greg Meskel here with you. We're talking more fan-controlled football this week and uh, joined by one of the running backs from the FCF, Quinn Porter, a.k.a. Uncle Quinn Unk. What's up, man? How are you? Good morning. How you doing, Greg? I'm well. Good, man. Good to, good to talk with you. You know, we're going to kind of jump into your football journey a bit, but let's talk present day. You're here in the FCF as we're talking now. we got the playoffs coming up this weekend. What's this whole fan-controlled football experience been like for you so far? Man, it has been a blessing in the skies, really. Um, this came out of nowhere. Uh, I was just surfing the web one day, Instagram, Facebook, via, and um, Quavo had a commercial about fan control football. I said, what is this? So um, those inquiries drove me to uh, research what it was, what it is, next tryout date, found that, did that, now I'm here. <laughs> you know, so Quinn, you've played in all these different leagues. This is the first one where fans decide – how often you might run the football? How have you kind of adjusted to not knowing when you might get a chance to get a carry? You know, uh, given, get, just given a pregame read, you know, understanding uh, the demographic of fans calling the plays. I know they all want the Hail Mary, you know, um, the big Moss catch or the big uh, Trav Daddy catch or the big Flash Josh Gordon catch. But uh, it's all about just staying ready, man. Um, I know it's the fast-paced game and um, – just given the um, uh, uh, the element of the game, the 50-yard field, you know, understanding that guys want to just throw the Hail Mary. When we get down to the five, Quinn, Uncle Quinn, it's your turn to punch it in. <laughs> and you've had this great connection with fans, and I feel like this has been the success of a lot of guys in the league where quickly fans came to embrace guys, maybe faster than they would in college football or the NFL because they're so invested in deciding when do you get – a player, what sort of happens? What have you noticed just on social media, the way you've been able to connect with fans in this league? Uh, so far, man, just fans, uh, well, as far as the Beast fans go, um, uh, a lot of apologies out of out of nowhere from fans saying, man, we got to run the ball with you more. <laughs> we respect your grind. Uh, you know, um, Flowers may be out this week. Um, hope not, but um, I'll be ready, man. I'll be ready for those run plays, for sure. But uh, no, connecting with the fans are great, man. Um, definitely gives them a more of a personal uh, connection with myself. So, yeah. so a lot of guys in this league, people will talk about them either trying to make that next step to the NFL or they're trying to see if they can use this to be a catapult to something else. You're in a bit of a different situation. You've, you've been in the NFL before. You've had that experience. I don't know. Maybe you'd like to go back. What, what do you hope the FCF kind of does for you from a football standpoint? Uh, like I said, this is a blessing in disguise. You know, uh, prior to the FCFL, man, I'm a personal trainer, and I've been training for the past uh, four to five years. And, uh, you know, just keeping my mobility, my flexibility, um, you know, you, you have to be able to show the client uh, what exactly the workout is before, you know, um, before they do it. So, uh, man, just keeping those functions alive, you know, from my knee joints to my elbows and, uh, uh once this uh, once this uh, FCFL came was birthed, it was just, you know what? I got one more shot. I know I have a small window, but uh, I'm faithful and I work very hard. And so. for anyone that follows you on Instagram, uh, they can see a proof proof positive you are working out very intensely. In addition to the games, right? Uh, Quinn will post his kind of fitness routines and all that sort of stuff, and getting after it in the hotel gym. And, and so the way you kind of describing it here, so it sounds like 
had you kind of put football in a different compartment in your life? That was, that was your past and you were doing personal training and then this thing came along and it reignited a passion for the game. Is that how it kind of went for you? Uh, well, yeah, given just the, you know, the, the stigma of how many years you do play NFL, you know, yeah, there's a one to two year type of uh, deal. Um, so given that, um, gave my best shot and, uh, then uh, the real world kind of hit, you know, the football canopy um, had, to, had to take a back seat, um, had to do a lot of growth, mental and physical growth, um, getting me to this point. Uh, I don't quite think I was ready the first time, but um, given my seven year hiatus, uh, I feel like um, I built up enough mental and physical calluses now uh, from a professional standpoint. And uh, I'm ready to um, take this, take this in this platform and whatever it gives me next, um, man, take it with vengeance. Uh, this is, like I said, this is a small window for me. So um, I'm hoping I'm able to capitalize and have a second chance at my dream. Yeah. For those not familiar, Quinn spent time, uh, Packers, Browns, St. Louis Rams, some years back in the NFL, you just hit on it. What, what did you not know then? What wasn't ready about Quinn Porter for the NFL that you feel like now you understand it better? Uh, both the mental and physical, I feel. First, the physical, um, coming from HBCU, um, our strength and conditioning uh, system uh, wasn't as strong, um, first of all. Second, uh, just the mental, um, you know, understanding uh, down distance, uh, deep into fronts, um, but just, you know, overall, coming from HBCU, man, you're dealing with 12, 15 different plays. When you get into the NFL, you're dealing with a Bible mm-hmm. of plays. So, you know, um, maybe it wasn't my time, you know, but uh, maybe this time it is. So, uh, You hit on the here. journey coming from Stillman to go to the NFL, and, and I think people would be curious, right? And, and I'm sure this came up at the time, and, and I know there were a couple of interesting features about you when you were in that system with the Packers and the Rams, but – that isn't a common path, right? Los Angeles, Stillman, NFL. That's that. That's not the typical route for a running back. But then you make it to the NFL, and people who follow the draft and free agent signings and all that sort of thing probably wonder, how did we miss this guy? How did we miss Quinn at a higher level of college football? So for you, how did that route unfold? Why was it Stillman? Was there a thing where you were still developing? What What took that path to go from Stillman to the NFL for you in your mind? Man, uh, uh, I had one goal. I had one school, and that was USC. Uh, when I when I knew I couldn't get in there because of the the financial aid, uh, <laughs> started to uh, look at other schools. Uh, wasn't quite sure about going to HBCU. Never been around it. I don't think there's a HBCU present in Los Angeles. So um, just put my tape out there. And a couple of schools hit back, and my mom said, hey, give it a try. Do your research. Um, why not? You can, you know, uh, change your journey, you know, for uh, from coming from Division One down to HBCU. But um, took a shot, man. You know, definitely uh, put it all on the line. Uh, given where I come from, Los Angeles, man, we, uh, the game of football is a joke, right? You know, we, it's like playing basketball on turf. You know, when I got that down to Alabama, uh, but uh, I showed them what I could do just through my technique and mechanics, um, you know, giving everything my parents invested in, 
Uh, I was able to make a, a great sacrifice moving to Alabama and then uh, working as hard as I am now then to make it to my dreams. So, uh, man, just staying on the path, man, staying focused, you know, and never giving in, you know, and don't listen to the crowd. That's why they're in the crowd. <laughs> exactly right. If they were playing, they'd be playing. So exactly. uh, to go from a place like Los Angeles to the South for college and for football, that had to be a, just a different cultural experience for you. What was that like? Man, big, big shock, big shock. Uh, overall, just fast moving city life to, you know, kind of slow pace, but it, it was good for me. You know, it taught me to uh, growth um, for sure. Um, I, 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 I could say uh, Stillman kind of birthed and crafted me as a man, for real, being away from my parents, being away from that, you know, that system of, you know, that parental advisory guidance, you know, going into, you know, college life, of course, uh, the curfew time, uh, you got to get up from 8 a.m. classes, workouts, but um, no, just dedicating yourself to to the craft, understanding that, you know, um, no class, no grass. So sticking to, uh, man, sticking to my, my works and my books and um, drawing the attention from um, outside exposure, of course. Uh, the, the biggest opportunity I got was the pro day at Alabama, which uh, Nick Saban, um, he uh, said it was okay for me to come over there because he had heard about me. So I thought that was just a blessing out of this guy as well, but goes to show hard work pays off. Yeah, and that's an opportunity that I imagine a lot of people, if Stillman even hosts a pro day, right? You're not getting a lot of people to show up to that. So to be able to get in front of that bigger crowd, sounds like it was a game changer. It sure was. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the fun stories about you as you look back at your career, you started Stillman and you're not eligible right away. And so you're on the cheerleading team and you go from that <laughs> to the football squad. What was that experience like? And how did that kind of kick off your tenure at Stillman when I know football is a focus, but you have to take this mini detour? Well, um, just for, you know, for the record, I was a football star in high school. So when I went to college, uh, yes, I was partially unqualified for NCAA, but um, I thought it would be a chance, an, an opportunity for me to at least travel with the team, you know, sure. uh, from a different dynamic, not necessarily being on the team, but being on the team through um, this cheerleading squad. So um, having this chance to see, just get a chance to uh, get a look at my competition for springtime. I knew I was going out for spring ball after this uh, little stint I was doing uh, with the Chile squad, but um, pe people don't know that was like uh, my secret weapon. That was uh, me uh, being a, uh, assassin, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hiding in plain sight right there on the cheerleading team. You're at all the games. You get to see all your potential future competition, yeah. right? Yeah, and they had no clue. They had no clue. So I was just some regular guy from LA and, um, oh, he's a cheerleader. Like, you know, now I got the other slurs behind that, but uh, I proved them wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I have to imagine some people gave you a hard time about that going from that yeah. to football. Yeah, absolutely. It was but tough a little bit. It sounds like, and you tell me if this is different, but you're willing to take a leap of faith to go from LA to Alabama for football. You're willing to not care what anyone thinks and, and join the cheerleading team. There's nothing wrong with that at all, uh, even if you don't play football. Uh, it seems like you don't mind, at least back then, putting yourself in some new or different or maybe uncomfortable situations to get where you want to go. Absolutely, man. Uh, man, your, your comfort zone is deadly. Um, I surely, I sure do believe it. And I always believe in betting on yourself. 
you know, uh, given to the product, given to well, who God made you to be. My mom always said, man, be who God made you to be, be a king, be a king. And um, yeah, I, I was able to take that, store it in my memory Rolodex and push push through, you know, uh, until I made it to my dream. Not once, but hopefully two times, you know, it's a, it's a blessing in the sky. And I really do appreciate the platform that CFL has provided for sure. We're, we're talking now in the Atlanta area and not long ago was NBA All-Star Weekend and there was a lot of attention put on HBCUs. They're getting a lot more attention. Deion Sanders now joining the coaching ranks. You have top flight college basketball players committing to HBCUs. It seems like it is an excellent time for those colleges to get attention that they're never getting before. As someone who attended one of those schools, what sort of pride do you have in kind of being part of that community? Man, the pool of talent, man. You know, it's just guys who just need that second chance or that third chance. Um, even uh, even guys who go to these second U schools, you know, these uh, documentaries of second U mm-hmm. and um, second chance U. You know, I'm. Uh, it's 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 the same it's the same level almost. You know, guys who could have went to Division One, played in the SEC, but uh, couldn't make it over that GPA barrel or that SAT. You know, hurdle. You know, I'm one of those guys. But uh, just being determined, you know, understanding that it doesn't matter where you come from. And um, somebody who I always think about, um, Pierre Garçon, wide receiver, went to NAIA. Wow, unbelievable. Unbelievable the path he took, you know. So it doesn't matter where you go. Uh, So I was a little discouraged when I went from knowing that I couldn't get into USC down to a smaller school. My mom said, hey, if you're good, they'll find you. And uh, they came and found me, you know, just put the work in for sure. But um, to all my HBCU athletes who are listening, keep the faith. Um, don't let anything stop you. Um, just keep grinding, man. And let the crowd be the crowd, you know, be your biggest fan for sure. That's, and that's all I've been. You had the pro day at Alabama. Was that, or was there something else as far as big moments that you think were turning point in getting you that NFL opportunity. Did it happen there or somewhere else? Mm, good question. I think that's probably that was probably the that was probably the platform that got me over the hump. I think you know just getting exposed there, understanding that who's this guy? Oh, he goes to the HBCU school down the street. Uh, every time we're every time the Crimson Tide paper opens, you know. You got A, B, C, D pages and go to the D7 page in Little Stillman College with a little article yeah. <laughs> in the Crimson Tide, you know, Tribune. So, uh, yeah, I, I was always in the paper, and, you know, and that exposure lets my, expanding my opportunities to get a chance to even be in the Alabama Pro Day. So, yeah, I think that's what got me over the hump for sure. So I thank Saban. Yeah, no, that's huge. That uh, giving that opportunity and then and then getting a chance. So many guys. You, this has been a theme, right? You've talked about, but just getting that one opportunity to show what you can do, whether it's high school to college, college to the pros, can make all the difference. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, it's steps to this. You can't skip any steps. You cannot take the elevator. You must take the staircase. There's a movie that's on probably every weekend called Rudy. I'm sure you've seen it, and. Love it. Uh, yeah. He ends up at Notre Dame, right? But he's trying to get into Notre Dame. He can't get in there. And so he has to go to the local college in South Bend and then eventually transfers. And as you're talking, just made me think because you're right in the same town. What, was there ever any thought of you? Hey, how can I try and get into Alabama? Uh, that's interesting you, you didn't ask that question. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yes. 
Yes. I think we were going through a head coach. Um, they were switching out our head coaches at our school. And uh, he he didn't uh, introduce himself, I guess, fast enough to me. I was like, man, I got to go somewhere. I got to, you know, I, I got film. I got content. I got, you know, got a lot of, uh, got a lot of gas still. So um, I did drop out of school. I did. I dropped out of school for half a semester. And uh, the new coach, uh, Coach L.C. Cole, he, uh, he found me. <laughs> stay with my girlfriend somewhere in Tuscaloosa and he found me and said boy get your butt over here and roll back <laughs> in school um I've been looking for you all over campus and uh so yeah I, I, I was about to enroll into Alabama and just get my last year there and whatever happens happens you know I was gonna put my I was gonna bet on myself again but no one really knows no one knows that story you know I, I did drop out of school for half a semester and I did try and um get up to athletic director up at uh, Alabama for sure. Wow. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, I, I had no idea. I was just thinking about you being in the same town and wondered as you got better at Stillman and showed what you could do, you see it all the time now in college, right? People get to that senior year and they realize, Hey, maybe, and it's no knock on their program. Maybe their abilities are better than where they're at. And, and yeah. if they get a bigger platform, right, it's a chance for a draft and all that sort of stuff. So it's interesting that that actually was something you were contemplating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just trying to, hey, when the wheels away, you know, it was not, I, I still wasn't the only school in Tuscaloosa at the time. So I was just trying to, uh, just trying to make something happen for myself. <laughs> so we I talk did. about it during the FCF broadcast a lot. There are guys that have been in NFL camps, there are guys that have been in NFL rosters. Ray Austin, the commissioner, you know, played a couple of seasons in the NFL, and everyone, comes back to the same talking point of the margin between I make the team and I don't even get out of camp is razor thin. So you've been through these processes where you're in camp, you you don't make the regular season roster, then you do. In your opinion, what what is that experience like? And what is the thing that puts you over the top where they say, yeah, we'll keep you for the regular season? Or yes, we want to bring you up from the practice squad. Very good question. Very good question. Um, the process here is pretty much pretty much the same. Being in the hotel, being in the bubble. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Jinx talks about it all the time. You know, you're being interviewed every day, and this is an interview. You know, guys are watching, people are watching. You know, uh, you may not be able to see their face because of the face mask, <laughs> yeah. but eyes eyes are watching. Eyes talk too. So just coming from my professional background, uh, being in plenty of camps. Um, what they want to see is professionalism, preparation. And um, if you're hurt, you're hurt. But if you're not, stay out of the uh, training room. <laughs> um, this game is, is, is an expendable game. You know, uh, I think Ray said it to us the other day on Zoom. There's about 600 guys in his DM who are waiting. And there's only 100 guys here. So that lets you know, you know, guys can do what we do as well outside, you know, and I, I can, I commend those guys because I know what they're seeing right now and what they're working towards for a future, a future FCFL two season. So, um, uh, focus, dedication, man, they're looking for guys who are going to, um, when they, when the coaches go to sleep at night, they want to go to sleep happy, no worries. No worries that this guy, number 33, Quinn Porter, is going to know his plays, um, hold on to the ball, and be a professional, you know, and be on time to every meeting. So 
you know, making that transition from a collegiate mindset to a professional mindset at snap of a dime and giving six figures of money or seven figures, depending on, you know, your performance level and what they rate you at, of course. Um, be a professional. You say you like to sport, invest in it, you know, invest in that CFL. Um, show that you want to be here, you know, uh, be in compliance, you know. Uh, it's a tough cookie to crack because you're going from, hey, no one telling you what to do. Um, I'm, 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 out, I'm over here in this city. I'm in this city. But now it's like, hey, you're up under one roof, you know, and no person is bigger than the team. That's one thing I, I learned in the NFL. No, not one person is bigger than the team logo, you know. So keep that mindset. Stay prepared. Let them know by actions. You know, I didn't think anybody would look at me going downstairs at four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, just to, uh, you know, do a little extra stretch, a little uh, ASLR, um, uh, or even get my little early mile, mile in. But I, I guess eyes are watching. I wasn't even, you know, uh, looking for anybody to witness that. I was just doing it off, you know, being a professional all these years, you know? Mm -hmm. No, <laughs> so right, I people my left. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, people are watching. The way you talk about this, though, and I know you were referencing your your first go-around in the NFL and, and feeling like you weren't ready there mentally or physically in certain respects, is is there a moment you wish you could have a do-over where you think back on that and you're like, oh, I, I should have done this or I should have been ready with that? Uh, no. I give you a firm no. Yeah, because I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here. I would, mm -hmm. I, I would not be talking to you. I would not be Uncle Quinn right now. <laughs> um, I would not have uh, gained these life experiences um, to bring me here. Um, I think this is my second coming, as you would say. You know, you know, can I go back and start over? Well, this is it right here. You know, I feel like this is it right here. And uh, you know, two more games to go. Um, it's a lot of gas in this tank. Uh, I have no hits on this body, and I'm still moving the way I was moving when I was at that pro day with um, Alabama, given my age. So I know I have a small window, <laughs> but I'm going to better myself. 35 years young here, uh, Quinn, Quinn Porter talking to us, uh, playing in the FCF right now. We had one of your FCF uh, colleagues on, Dante Rump, uh, earlier, and he's a guy who had some time in the Falcons camp. And one of the questions I asked him and I'll ask you the same thing is when you're at that, what everyone considers the highest level, is there a play, a moment, a day that you knew I can do this. I'm, I'm good enough to be here. And, and he immediately said, yeah, there was a, I made a tackle on a play. It was a preseason game with the Falcons. If you think back to your time in the NFL or elsewhere, maybe it wasn't there or somewhere else, but is there a moment that sticks out where you kind of have this feeling wash over you of like, yes, I am good enough. Uh, yeah, two two moments, um, real quick too. Just FYI, I, I gotta be at the bus is eleven thirty. Oh, got okay. Yes, I'm sorry, but I'm going. I'm going to be uh, as firm and articulate as possible. So, uh, Green Bay, Green Bay training camp. Uh, it was a situation period. It was a situational period. And um, it was an inside zone play. I broke for 80 yards. And given the the Green Bay environment, the fans are 
is Green Bay. You know, the fans are like, ah, yeah, I'm running down. Remember, it's situational period, right? So the smart thing to do would take a knee on the one. I broke away from everybody. But I ended up scoring. That left time on the clock, okay? Wasn't bad, wasn't good, but even better, hey, you broke, no one touched you, scored. So I got to – I knew I was accepted then by the by the fans because they didn't see that they haven't seen that slash. I guess that past season they were looking for some excitement. So I broke out in camp because of that. And then right after that run, uh, Donald Driver, he was endorsed by Nike, and Nike sends him cleats all the time. And um, he yelled at me. He said, "Hey, Rook, come over here." He said, "Come on." And uh, he gave me two pair of shoes. He said, "Good practice today." Nice. So so when you got a Hall of Famer like that. Second you with a well apparently you know, gifts you with a pair of cleats, you're doing something. So I, I knew right there I was I was among the men, you know, <laughs> who were meant to be there, you know, for that That's camp. Awesome. So, hey Quinn, yeah. I know you gotta run that. Uh, th- thanks for the time and we're looking forward to seeing you the rest of the way here in the FCF and beyond. Awesome. Thanks, Greg. Have a good morning, have a good day. All right, take care, bud.